0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What you're going to hear today in these few short moments, I want you to know that it it comes from my heart of praise to God over what He has afforded us, what He's done for us by His holy baptism. As I've looked at our Gospel reading today from the Gospel of St. John and and read the Fathers this week, more and more every year when we approach this, I'm astounded at just what Christ did by His own baptism for each one of us. And so it's really praise to Him today for what He's done through His baptism. In our Gospel reading from St. Mark in chapter 1, we get the revelation of our Lord's baptism in the Jordan River by St. John the Forerunner. And what a revelation it is. Especially when we hear how it was taught in the beginning and the earliest days of the church after Pentecost. I'm telling you, there's wonder to be entered into here. There's wonder at the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of every one of us. Wonder that we could and should ponder all the rest of our days. For Christ's baptism. His baptism was not for Himself. God needed no salvation, no washing. His baptism was entirely for us. Everything about His baptism was done for us. And we really need to see His baptism in in this context. We talk about the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ all the time. His life, His death, His birth, life, death, resurrection, ascension, and so on. We really need to consider his baptism and see it as part of the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of mankind. And what occurs around our Lord as he's baptized, it's witnessed to in scriptures. It tells us so much of his ministry, his activity, the mighty works of God on behalf of the souls of all mankind. So as we look at our Lord's baptism today through the eyes of the early church. We're going to be reminded, number one, of things that we've heard of before. And that is never a bad thing because we can always ponder the things we've heard before and considered before deeper and deeper. But I pray that also our eyes will see some things we've never seen before, perhaps, and be drawn more into the wonder and mystery and thanksgiving to Christ for what He's done. So let's look at His baptism. First thing, we know that Christ entered into the waters. Our Lord Jesus Christ entered into the waters not because, as we said before, He needed to be cleansed, but those waters needed to be made holy. Those waters needed to be set apart for God's ministry in and through them, for the washing away of our sins, the rising to absolute new life, a new and different, reformed, transfigured life in Jesus Christ for every soul that would enter into those waters of baptism. His holy body, entering into those waters, blessed those waters for all time. They blessed those waters, setting them apart for His holy use, bringing someone, quite literally, into Himself, and into the new and final covenant with God. St. Cyril of Jerusalem, in the early 4th century of the church, listened to these very brief but profound words. When Christ entered into the water. Christ imparted the fragrance of the Godhead into the waters. He imparted the fragrance of the Godhead. Everything God is, His nature, that which could be experienced by man, God's fragrance given for us, were imparted into the waters as Christ entered into them. And St. Paul says something fascinating right along those lines. He says that you and I, each living stone in the church, are the fragrance of Christ to this world. Where do we get that fragrance? We get it both from our baptism and then living into our new identity. Our becoming through repentance and the healing work of Jesus Christ in our lives. We become the fragrance of God to all those who come to us. Just like our blessed St. Herman of Alaska who we have back in the back his icon. How the natives would constantly say that when they went to him they experienced Christ not St. Herman. The fragrance of Christ through Him. And so He imparted that fragrance of the Godhead into the waters. St. Jerome in the early 5th century said this about Jesus entering into the waters. Jesus sanctified the waters so that they no longer remove mere dirt. But now they remove the stain of sin because of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit which swept over the waters of creation. Descending upon us in our baptism and recreates us. And this is evidenced by the way in all what all would have experienced who were nearby Christ in his baptism, the Holy Spirit descending upon Christ as a dove. My friends, a dove did not come down. It says, as a dove. The Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, came down and lighted upon Christ is the language. Hovered upon Christ, brooded over Christ is the language. What does that language remind us of? The Holy Spirit's activity in Genesis at creation. Where the Holy Spirit lighted upon and brooded upon waters of that which was uncreated and lesser than. And when the Holy Spirit brooded over the waters as the word of God spoke, a new creation was made. And was formed for the glory of God. And the same thing happens for us. This is the language in our baptism. And then another wonder occurs according to the testimony of St. Mark. And immediately coming up from the water, Jesus saw that heavens parting and opening and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Can you picture, just imagine for a moment, what those who were near to Christ were witnessing as Christ was baptized into those waters? The heavens opened. And the voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son. Or do we not understand that those who were baptized into Christ, when we went into those blessed consecrated waters, we became the ones consecrated, cleansed, and set apart for God's holy use by the washing away of our past sins? And now, cleansed, we were filled by God the Holy Spirit, becoming the very temple where the Most High God dwells. And then, even more, God the Father speaks on our behalf a testimony, a word. So incredible we would do well to consider it. And to consider it often. Because he proclaimed something over us to all of the principalities of Satan and all of the demonic. You know what he says? You are mine. You are now my son. You are now my daughter. An adoption that we could never earn and we still cannot earn. But Christ made a way for that adoption by his baptism. He makes that way for us, and we now see what God does for every soul who enters those holy and blessed waters. In all of this regarding Christ's baptism, there's something else this week that was the one that really, as if that wasn't enough for praise, that really triggered praise in me, seeing what God has done. It's this phrase, the heavens, when Christ was baptized, the heavens opened up. The heavens opened up. And I can do no better than to share with you the teaching of the fathers. To express what this shows us. The reality of what happened when the heavens opened up. So please hear the teaching of St. Hippolytus, Bishop of Rome and a holy martyr of the church. In the mid-third century, folks, that's the mid-200s. The A.D. 200s. Very early on. Listen to his words on what happened when the heavens opened up. Do you see, beloved, how many and how great blessings we would have lost if the Lord had yielded to the exhortation of John and declined baptism? For the heavens had been shut before this, the region above was inaccessible. We might descend into the lower parts, but not be able to ascend to the upper. And so it happened not only that the Lord was being baptized, he was making new of the old creation. He was bringing the alienated under the scepter of his adoption. For straightway the heavens were open to him. A reconciliation took place between the visible and the invisible. The celestial orders were filled with joy. The diseases of earth were healed. Secret things now made known. Those at enmity with God now restored to his goodwill. For you have heard the word of the evangelist saying that heavens were opened to him on account of three wonders. At the baptism of Christ the bridegroom, it was fitting that the holy chamber should open its glorious gates. So when the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and the Father's voice spread everywhere, it was fitting that the gates of heaven should be opened so that all may now come in. Isn't that beautiful? Because Christ was baptized. The heavens open and we can enter through those gates by that Holy Spirit through the Son, Jesus Christ. Christ, who is the way by His baptism opening up, that door to paradise long lost since the fall for us, for every soul again. You see, it was the love of our Lord Jesus Christ for mankind that brought Him to be baptized, the reason for His baptism, that He may gain the souls He loved so dearly back to the Father. And those around him at his baptism, they witnessed the opening up of heaven to them, just like the shepherds that we celebrated at Christmas when heaven was opened up. And all of a sudden they realized just how unbelievably close the entirety of the kingdom of God had now drawn to them for the salvation of man, testifying to Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Wonder Worker, bishop around the same time of St. Apollotus, He said, he opened the gates of heaven and sent down the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, lighting upon the head of Jesus, pointing him out right there as the new Noah. Even the maker of Noah as the new Noah, he says, and the good pilot of the nature which is in shipwreck from the fall. Our Lord Jesus Christ, spoken of by the fathers as the new Noah for every soul. The new Noah that pilots the ark of salvation, his holy church, that which you sit in today, not the place, the people. Christ's holy church, bringing them safely, every one of our souls, through the chaos and the distractions of the flood around us and the destruction of the flood around us in this world. And piloting us through the chaos within us of our own souls. Piloting that to the very peace and wonder of paradise. Even the peace of paradise that Christ gives us to be able to experience even in the now. Are you seeing why there's great praise to be given to Christ for his baptism? For what he's afforded, your soul and my soul. And I tell you this, the more time that we spend in fellowship with our Lord pondering his mighty works. The more time we spend (coughs) in fellowship doing that, the more each one of us will be drawn greater and greater into wonder. And my friends, that childlike wonder is the seedbed of true joy in Christ. That's where joy is birthed in considering Christ and his mighty works. Which is why in our gradual in the mass today you hear these words. The Lord sent his word Jesus Christ and healed them. And they were saved from destruction. Oh that men would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness and declare the wonders that he does for the children of men.